I am so excited and honored to introduce to you a group of young ladies that have grown up right here at West Angeles Church of God in Christ. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Please receive Samara, Sierra, Sanaa, and Sydney Legacy. Thank you. 
friends. It's good to be with you today. I figured this would be a good place for our time together today because this is where we spend so much of our time together on the road. Let's go to Psalms 25 and four, where it reads, show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. Let's go to Proverbs three and six, where it reads, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. In this time, I'm going to talk about something that I'm certain all of us have been through many times in our lives. If you've ever lived in any city for any period of time, I can guarantee that you've spent some time dealing with our subject today. And if you've ever driven anywhere in the city of Los Angeles, you've spent your share of time in traffic. Now, the primary mode of travel in the Bible was walking. There was also the horse, the donkey, the cart, the chariot, the ship, and all the scriptures and stories in the Bible reflected this. But our primary mode of travel today is the car. If the scriptures were written today, then Paul's account of being knocked off his donkey on the road to Damascus would have involved his car being stopped on the side of the freeway instead of being knocked off of that donkey that he was riding. I guess these are the kind of things that you think about when you spend hours in traffic. In Los Angeles, before the pandemic started, stalled traffic robbed from us an average of 120 hours a year. I'm not counting free flow traffic, but standing still, the freeway is a parking lot kind of traffic. Since we're talking about reopening soon, it looks like we're on our way back to those numbers. I used to get really bothered in traffic when I was younger. There were times when I would get so upset that I would exit the freeway trying to beat the traffic only to find myself stuck in the middle of a bunch of other people that thought they too were getting off of the freeway to beat the traffic. We would all find ourselves in another traffic jam, which was moving a lot slower than the traffic jam that we are trying to avoid on the freeway. So there I would sit in traffic, so angry that smoke would be coming out of my ears, gripping the steering wheel, wishing I had a disintegration ray that would come out the front of my car and destroy everything in my path. Or I wish that I would have a flying car that I could use to fly over all of the madness. Well, since that wish never came true, I eventually started realizing that traffic is a part of life. The only way to avoid it is to not go anywhere. I started looking at the traffic jam as a part of my day that I could reflect on what was going on in my life and in the world around me. I could observe what was going on with the people around me. I started paying closer attention to the people that I was sharing the road with at the moment. You see, there are close to 4 million people that live in metropolitan Los Angeles, close to 10 million people that live in Los Angeles County. That is a lot of people. In a city this size, 
There are people that we drive to in traffic every day that we've never seen before and we will never see again. Of all the millions of people that live in this massive city, you're sharing that space on the road and that moment in time together. Sometimes our moods when we interact with each other in traffic are irritable and angry. But most of the time, we pass by each other without giving a second glance, not even taking time to smile or give a nod. While in traffic, I've often wondered, who are these people I'm sharing the road with? Where are they coming from? Where are they going? What is their life like? I mean, everybody's going somewhere, right? All of us are going somewhere on the road of life as well. They say on the road of life that is not the destination, but the journey. And to a certain degree, that's true. But whoever said that wasn't thinking about the fact that your eternal destination is going to either be heaven or hell. If you take eternity into account, then the destination becomes the most important aspect of the journey. So many people desire comfort and a smooth ride these days. We don't want to be inconvenienced in any way, it seems. But I would much rather have a rough ride to heaven than a smooth ride to hell any day of the week. But for this time, my friends, let's look at the journey. The commute both on the road literally and on the road of life. Just like on the freeway, you can see that there are similarities in both. But just like on the freeway, on the road of life, there are hazards. There are detours, delays, and distractions. There's potholes that you didn't see coming in the road. and Most of them are small enough that you can hit them and keep going. But some... They're big enough that when you hit them, you have to stop and assess the damage. But what is it about traffic that seems to make us so angry? I've known people that seem to be so nice and so sweet, but as soon as they get behind the wheel, they become a different person entirely. I once saw this lady that became so frustrated and impatient in a, in a traffic jam that she had a meltdown in the middle of the traffic jam. She slammed into the car in front of her and she just seemed to keep her foot on the gas. Didn't hit the brake, didn't try to go in reverse, didn't try to go around the car in front of her that she had just hit. She just hit the car in front of her and just kept pressing on the gas. It's as if she was trying to move all of the traffic forward by sheer force of will. I always wonder what happened there. I never found out because of course, I had to keep it moving. <laughs> but it is so easy to be apathetic and self-centered when we drive. Why do so many of us seem to be pushed to the edge when we're behind the wheel? Well, I found that not even thinking about it we drive and we sometimes live with the assumption that where we're going is much more important than where everyone else on the road is going at that moment. We think to ourselves, how dare they get in my way? 
to us at that moment, we become the most important person in the world. We forget that where everyone else is going may be just as important to them as our destination is to us. Even funnier, it's even funnier how some folks want to ride with you and they even want you to do all of the driving, but they want to tell you how to drive, how fast to go, where to turn, and even want to tell you where to drive. Let all the backseat and passenger seat drivers say amen. I won't point you out, but you know who you are. <laughs> Every interruption or delay caused by someone else is met with anger or annoyance. We look at these interactions as offenses that we take personally, both on the road and in life. It's as if they knew who you were and they intentionally tried to disrespect you by cutting you off. But just like in traffic on the road of life, it's so easy to forget that almost all of us are on our way somewhere. Sure, every once in a while you see someone just coasting along, seemingly out for the sake of driving, taking up space on the road. But for the most part, all of us are on our way somewhere. We're all going somewhere. Some people are in a rush because they're late and because they didn't properly plan on when to leave. And they somehow want everybody on the road to magically know that they're in a rush. Or sometimes they're just impatient and don't want to think about anyone else but themselves at the moment. We'll pay enough attention to people out there to notice that they're in our way, but never enough attention to notice that they may be in pain, or that they may need our help. Then you have your distracted drivers, texting while driving, on the phone, doing their makeup, arguing with their spouses, or simply just zoning out behind the wheel driving without a purpose. It's as if they think that they're on their living room couch and that they've forgotten that they're moving at 40 to 50 miles an hour on the freeway, not living in the moment. Not living in the moment could have you stuck in that moment if you wreck or if you crash into someone. People can be on their way to a destination, but they are abruptly slammed into by life, or they crash into someone else, and that one single instant changes the whole course of their day, and sometimes their whole life. Now, I've had my series of accidents in my life as a driver. A few were my fault, but many of them weren't. One accident I was in is because I was looking down, adjusting my radio, not living in the moment. I rear-ended a car that had stopped and was making to make a, waiting to make a left turn. Well, because he had his wheel turned to make a left, when I hit him, his car moved into the oncoming traffic lane and hit another car going in the other direction. Now, there wasn't a lot of damage to my vehicle, but my mistake caused a lot of damage to the car of the person I hit and the person that they ran into going in the other direction. Everyone survived and walked away from the wreck. But I was reminded that day, that one second of not paying attention 
can have a chain effect that hurts more than a few people. In life, we sometimes crash into each other without regard for the damage that we inflict on the other person you just crashed into or the fact that they will inevitably crash into someone else. Most of the time, we never even notice the damage and the pain that we've caused because we've become experts at hit and run collisions. And we don't even look back to survey the damage or the pain. Some of us are still living with the consequences of encounters and decisions made in a split second of a distracted moment. You may have answered that call when you should have let it go to voicemail. You may have made a left when you should have made a right. Said yes to something that you should have said no to. Sometimes we see people stopped on the side of the road for one reason or another. They may have been stopped from making it to their destination because of some mechanical failure. Sometimes we find ourselves on the side of the road because we neglected maintenance on our vehicle or our tires. We ignored that check engine light a little bit too long or we didn't switch out those tires when we had the chance. I once saw a wreck on the side of the road where I saw some cheeseburgers and french fries scattered all over the car uneaten. The driver thought that they were going to be eating that meal in a few seconds from that time, but something happened along the way. They had plans for where they were, where they were going and what they were going to be doing there, but something happened along the way. It might not have been your fault at all. Someone might have slammed into you and kept going. Whatever the reason, whether it was our own fault or not, or someone else's fault, we sometimes find ourselves stuck on the side of the road, looking at everyone else pass by on the way to wherever they're going. Sometimes we can't go forward because of the pain of a past wreck keeps us from being able to drive. It's as if you were driving down the road of life and instead of looking out at the windshield, which is before you and represents your future, you spend all of your time looking through your rearview mirror, always wondering why you're not going forward. Look at the difference between the size of your rearview mirror and the size of your windshield as you drive down the road of life. Many years ago, it was pointed out to me by an old preacher that your rearview mirror is only this big while your windshield is actually this big. You should be looking out of the windshield the majority of the time and just referencing your rearview mirror so you can see where you've been or what's coming up behind you. Many of us are driving down the road of life looking through our rearview mirror. If you're doing that, then you're completely missing any new opportunities or possibilities that might be lying before you. And you know what happens when you drive looking out of your rearview mirror. You can't concentrate on what's in front of you. You end up crashing. So how should we be as we drive through traffic, both on the road and in life? What are the rules of the road that we should be driving by? As people of God, I've been told that we are to pray for people while we're in traffic on the road and in life. Say to yourself and think to yourself, I love you 
towards everyone you pass by on the street and in traffic. Realize and remember that you have a destination. Don't let anything stop you from getting to that destination. Realize that we're all on the road together, sharing this moment and this time together. That is a connection in and of itself. Remember not to get too angry at people on the road because at one time or another, you're going to do the same thing that you're so angry at someone else about. Sooner or later, even if it's by accident, you're going to cut somebody off in traffic. You're not going to notice that the light turned green and the people behind you are going to remind you with the angry sound of horns blaring that you're getting in the way of their life because they think that where they're going is more important than where you're going. Sometimes traffic will stop because everyone's rubbernecking because of a wreck. I know it's not anyone that's logged on today, but some people love looking at someone else's wreckage. Don't slow up to look at someone else's wreck if just to see what's happening if you're not going to stop and help. In fact, pray for the people that you find yourself stuck in traffic with. Pray for the people that you see dealing with a wreck. You've never seen them before and you'll never see them again. Remember that sometimes people move at different paces. Remember that when people jump in and out of lanes trying to pass each other and pass everyone else to keep your pace. Instead of getting angry and bent out of shape, just realize that you are where you are for that moment and know that eventually with God's help and in God's timing, you will get to wherever you're going. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. It's all right to give the Lord praise in traffic. I've seen drivers that zigged and zagged all over the freeway trying to get in and out of traffic. But what they fail to realize is that all of that excessive jumping from lane to lane doesn't get them there any faster. Sometimes it's better to just stay in your lane. Everything balances out eventually. The drive sometimes may seem unnerving because you're on that part of the road that's unfamiliar to you and you can't see everything, but God can. And he will keep you safe and he will watch over you on your journey. Psalms 119 and 105 says his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Going down this road without Jesus and the word is like speeding in the fog and in the dark of night without headlights. When driving on this road, keep Psalm 23 in mind because God promises that even though I walk or drive through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One thing about the shadow of death, it is not the reality of death. I'd much rather get hit by the shadow of a semi than by the semi itself. The point being is that we have no need to fear the shadow of death. Our text today said, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. The second text said, in all your ways, acknowledge him 
and he shall direct your path. What that means is that he will lay out the best route to take better than any GPS system ever could. Even though we might slip and fall or find ourselves broken down on the side of the road, he is there to pick us up again and get us back on the road better than any roadside service could ever do. Now, I think we need to insert another praise right there. It's all right to give him praise behind the wheel. But also, my brothers and sisters, remember that there is a diamond lane and you can only get in this lane if you have someone else traveling with you. You can't get in this lane driving in the exit lane. You have to be all the way on the freeway. There will always be traffic and delays, but if you have the right person with you, you'll be able to ride in another lane that not anybody can ride in, and it's called the carpool lane. In order to drive in that lane, my brother and my sister, you have to have someone else with you. Let me tell you who that someone is. His name is Jesus. And having Jesus with you is better than any GPS or driver's insurance plan that you could ever hope for. You'll even have a spiritual motorcade with the spirit going before you, goodness and mercy traveling close behind, and angels traveling with you on all sides. In fact, the best thing you can do is to let him drive. Let Jesus take the wheel and you'll be sure to make it wherever you're going. I promise you in the name of Jesus. Now that is a reason to give the Lord praise. Even if you are in traffic, it does not matter. Let the people see you giving the Lord praise. It's all right. Let them see you giving him praise. In our time today, we've looked at the freeway as the road of life. All of us are going somewhere. All of us have a destination both in life and in eternity. Everyone is on their way somewhere whether they know it or not. Some are clear on where they are going. Some are just out for a drive. The disciples in the storm may have lost their faith, But if God said you're going to the other side, then guess what? You're going to the other side. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That which he started, he will finish. There may be someone that is logged on today that is going down the road of life with no direction, no peace, no joy, just coasting along through life with no purpose. I can't say that you're just driving with no destination because without Christ, you're headed straight for damnation. Our Savior came so that we could have life and life everlasting. The worst thing you can do is be on the road of life with someone that doesn't know where they're going. If you give your life to Jesus and let him drive, if you give him the will of your life, he will take you to purpose. He will take you to relevance. He will take you to life 
everlasting. Give your life to him today. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for your word today. We want to thank you that you want to take us to a better place in you, that you want to give us purpose. Help us to remember that what you started in us, you will finish. That even though we might not be able to see where we are going, we know who's taking us there. Teach us to put our trust in you all the more. And Lord, we know that there may be someone out there that doesn't know you. We ask that you come into our hearts right now. Please forgive us for the wrong that we've done and the wrong that we've been. Pray with me. Pray, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he came to earth and loved us and died for our sins. I believe that he arose again on the third day and I now ask him into my heart. I ask him to be a part of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Well, my brother, my sister, if you prayed that prayer with me, then you are now saved and a part of the kingdom of God. We hope that you'll join a Bible-believing church in your area. If you're here in the Los Angeles area, we'd love to worship with you and have you as a part of the West Angeles family. But wherever you are, whenever you worship, know that we are praying for you. We've been out of the house for so long, more than a year now, and it is now time for us to come back into the house. But wherever you worship the Lord, know that we love you and God bless you.